Welcome to Epic Moses, the teaching ministry of Chris Morgan. May the light of God illuminate your heart and may the truth make you free as you listen. At the end of his ministry, Jesus commissioned his disciples along with everyone who will follow him thereafter on their assignments as his followers. This is what we call the Great Commission, and it is recorded in several places in the New Testament, but we will look at the one recorded in the book of Matthew, chapter 28, from verse 18 to 20. And it reads, And Jesus came and spoke unto them, saying, All authority has been given unto me in heaven and in earth. Therefore, Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things I have commanded you, and I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. From what we have read, the central instruction to the followers of Christ is to disciple the nations. Seeing that this is the central instruction of Christ to his followers, I think it is important that every Christian understands what discipleship is and how it works. The first logical place to start has to be to understand what a disciple is in the first place, to know what Christ implied when he said what he said. Now, the dictionary meaning of the word disciple, according to the Oxford Dictionary, is someone who believes and helps spread the doctrine of another. Now, this is generally what most people believe a disciple is. But here at Epignosis, we don't simply operate on the level of the contemporary world, but as usual, we will delve in much deeper into the concept going beyond what the contemporary world thinks to know what was implied when the statement was made. We do this by tracing the meaning of the word or words down to their original language. I have found that very often words get watered down over the years and transmute into new meanings as time goes on. This happens until they sometimes get totally taken out of their original implication. It is particularly a problem when dealing with writings that have been translated from one language to another. So, it's very beneficial to do a word study using the original language in which the statement was made. In this case, the statement was made in Greek language. Now, the Greek word translated disciple here is mathetes, and it literally means a learner. But by implication, it's specifically speaking of a pupil. Now, do you see why I like going to the original language? The dictionary says disciple means a follower who helps spread a doctrine. But the Greek dictionary says the same word means a learner. Surely, a learner and a helper are not the same thing. Sometimes people think we do the Greek thing just to prove intelligence. 
but it's actually a necessity for anyone who desires to properly understand scripture. If not, it's easy to be misled. Having seen that the central idea behind the word disciple is a learner, or more specifically, a pupil, it is necessary now to go further and investigate the word pupil. The word pupil, according to the dictionary, is also a learner, but of a specific kind. A pupil is not a student. A student studies, but a pupil learns everything directly from their teacher. A student can do research, but a pupil is unable to do such things. A student already knows certain things, but a pupil knows nothing at all. This means that in taking on a disciple, one must assume that it involves teaching from the scratch. Not only that, a pupil is not only dependent on the teacher for knowledge, but also for care. When you take your child to a nursery school, it is also expected that the school in general and the teachers in particular must take responsibility for the well-being of the child, looking out for them, making sure they are not harmed in any way, and making sure they eat their meals. In this same way, a disciple is someone who is totally dependent on their teacher for everything. No wonder the disciples of Christ all left their families and came to be with their master. And Jesus had to ensure that they are all taken care of. In taking on a disciple, it's also a decision to take responsibility for their well-being physically, emotionally, and spiritually. In the same way, the instruction of our Lord is not that we go out to preach at people. No, it's to disciple the nations. Now, when the Bible is talking about nations, it's not talking about countries like Nigeria. It's just a way of saying people of different languages and cultures. The question now becomes, how exactly does one go about discipling people within the Christian context? This is done by presenting what Christ called the gospel, which means good news. More specifically, it means news that is so good that it's hard to believe. Now, my sincere hope is that all people hear this good news first before they make the decision for Christ. This is because if they don't hear the real gospel, they will be putting their faith in the wrong things, which will have an effect in their Christian walk. Though we have already talked extensively about this topic in the past, let's quickly go through the gospel of Jesus Christ again. First of all, the Bible says in Romans 3.23 that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. This is not because of our personal doings, but an inheritance from our forefather, Adam. The Bible says that through Adam, sin came into the world. This sin was then passed through the generations to all men, and as a result, all men inherited death. This is in Romans 5.14. Now being dead, all men were translated into the kingdom of darkness and all end up in the place of the dead, Hades, which is called hell in English. 
Now our Lord Jesus Christ incarnated as the Lamb of God sent to die as a substitutionary sacrifice for the sin of all humanity to release us from the guilt of that original sin. Having released all mankind from the guilt of the original sin, Christ offers eternal life to all who would believe in him, which when anyone accepts his offer, they are taken out of the kingdom of darkness into his own kingdom of light. You can find this in Colossians 1.13. Now at this point, it is no more their life, but the life of Christ that they live. Consequently, they are no longer judged by heaven according to their own works, but according to Christ's achievements. This is what it means to be saved by grace. You can find this in Galatians 2.20. This arrangement, however, has only one disadvantage. Once you belong to Christ, you are no longer your own. You now belong to Christ and Christ gets to make decisions about your life even without your permission. However, your new master who is Christ is a very good master. The Bible says in Matthew 11.30, it says his yoke is easy and his burden is light. So you will not be treated badly, but he will care for you better than you can care for yourself. This is the gospel in a nutshell and this is the message we are supposed to share with people to convert them once we have shared the message and the person accepts the conversion prayer is made we then welcome them into the kingdom on behalf of our master Christ now the next step is that we encourage them to get baptized which is a physical demonstration of a spiritual reality you can find this in Romans 6 3 then the prayer for them to receive the Holy Spirit who is supposed to be their guide and teacher for life on earth you can find this in John 14 26 it is after all this that the job of discipleship must start so what exactly is discipleship discipleship is simply standing in the place of Christ to take care of one you have taken as a protege. It's not about preaching because you've already done that. It's about being there for the person for moral support, encouraging them about life in the kingdom as you know it. It's about following up so that they are not alone or discouraged by anything. It's about keeping in contact to be sure the person is alright physically, emotionally and otherwise. It doesn't matter how little resource you have, you are expected to use it to care for those who you have adopted as disciples. It is crucial that we remember that it is not to make them our own disciples. No, but we are to standing on behalf of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are supposed to point them to Christ, not make ourselves their lords. The Holy Spirit is the one who teaches them all things according to Jesus Christ in John 6.13. I strongly believe that all persons who call themselves Christians must at every moment have at least one person who they care for 
Just as someone is caring for you, it's important that you also find someone for whom you will care for. Just as someone is giving to you, it's important to find someone you are better than and give to them. No matter how little you think you have, there's always someone who has less than you. From what we are seeing, discipleship is not about words but about deeds. It's about giving your time to go visit someone to know how they are doing. It's about showing up when someone is sick to pray with them. It's about giving something to eat when your brother is hungry. It's about giving your clothes to those who don't have when you have surplus. It's about showing love to another person in the kingdom as a vicar for Christ. A vicar is someone who represents another. We are meant to be representatives of Christ on earth. Whenever we arrive, Christ has arrived. While it is not possible to do all these things for everyone, you can at least choose one person onto whom you can pour your love. Just imagine how it could be if every single Christian has at least one disciple they care for. There will be no one hungry or discouraged or despondent. This is the will of Christ. He depends on all of us to disciple the nations. And believe me when I tell you that this is the only thing which the Lord would use to measure our performance here on earth, not on how many people we preach to. These are not my words, but the words of Jesus Christ himself. Let me wrap up this teaching with a scriptural passage from the book of Matthew 25 from 34 to 36. And it says, Then the king shall say unto them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me to drink. I was a stranger and you took me in, naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came unto me. Let's not deceive ourselves. Christ does not care about the number of people you preached to, but how you cared for his people. It is a total aberration for a Christian to be without at least one person they are showing love to. Not because they are their spouse or child or relative, but because they are citizens of the kingdom. Yes, sometimes people will take advantage of you or even try to cheat you out of your money or your possessions. But know this, that Christ is aware of your heart and your intentions are well noted by heaven to your own credit. Even if those to whom you show love don't appreciate or deserve it, your Lord and Master, on whose behalf you have acted, appreciates it. So just do it. May God grant us divine understanding. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thank you so much for listening. And God bless you. We hope you were blessed by these teachings. For inquiry, support and contributions kindly send us an email on epignosis721 at gmail.com 
You can also send us a message via WhatsApp on 234 We would love to hear from you. God bless you.